Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Lessons in Behavior Change. My name is Aaron, and today we're going to be talking about what are the priorities that I work through when I help someone improve their nutrition. So when I work with clients who come on board with me, part of that is nutrition coaching. We look at what are they eating and how can we make improvements so that they can reach their goals much, much easier and much quicker. So there's a few there's a few things that we kind of look at from the start and it's not a case of just a one-size-fits-all approach and a lot of people are kind of used to that kind of approach you know a one-size-fits-all so they come in they kind of expect to just be given a, a meal plan and they go away and do that whereas with the way that I approach nutrition it's very different we want to look at what are the behaviors and the habits that you have around nutrition and then how can we modify those so that you get the best bang for your buck and you get to your own goals that you have for yourself in the most efficient way. And so that's what we're going to be really discussing today and breaking down the steps that I go through. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. So the first one off the ranks is ready, willing, and able. So this is a really important one and this is kind of, it, it presets everything, okay? Ready, willing, and able is how ready is that client to make changes? And we have to be really honest about that all the time. It's not always as easy as just changing things overnight. And it often does take a bit of an open mind from the client on their end to try new things. There's gonna be things that we work together to implement that might be really foreign to you. And that's going to mean that you're gonna find there's some mental resistance there. and knowing how to work through that and having someone in your corner to help you do that is one thing, but also knowing that that's going to come up, almost expecting it and be willing to work through that is another thing entirely. So it it also means going back and challenging a lot of the beliefs, long-held beliefs when it comes to food and eating, because this is huge. A lot of the resistance that we face and a lot of the things that really stand in the way of us making change are actually tied back to what are the beliefs we have around food, what are the beliefs we have around eating, and a large part of that is what we think other people are going to say about what we put in our mouths. Time and time again, I always get clients will come in for, say, a personal training session, and one of two things will happen. They'll either sort of, they'll tell me about what they've kind of been eating and wait for a response, wait for what do I think about that? Or what, what What do you think about this? Or they won't, when we kind of get into a little bit of a discussion, they'll try and omit or hide what they might have eaten on the weekend. And a, that happens a lot. It's, it's a very common thing. And a lot of the times that actually holds people back from making changes. If we're worried about what other people are going to say, we're also cutting off that ability for those people to help us. The people that we perceive as going to judge us, like a personal trainer, for example, are often the people that are going to help us actually make changes. So we don't wanna be in a situation where we're wrestling with our own mind and omitting things and, and trying to hide things because that's cutting ourselves off from getting the help that we need. Okay, so ready, willing, and able is crucial. And it's often, we talk about that right at the beginning and sort of setting the precedence of, look, there's going to be things that come up 
that are going to be foreign to you, that are going to be different to what you've probably been used to or seen before and be willing to try new things because that's where the progress lies is on the other side of doing things that might be foreign to us. Moving on, the next thing that we look at is the basic eating habits. Okay, before we've even looked at food, what we wanna do is look at how is the person eating? So this is really crucial too because irrespective of what you're eating, how you eat makes probably the most difference, okay? In terms of reaching the goals that many people have. So if they wanna lose weight or they wanna build muscle, etc., it can be boiled down to how they're eating. What they're eating is still important, but how they're eating is, is critical when it comes to managing those things. And so what we're looking at here is things like speed of eating. How quickly do you eat your meals? If we're wolfing through our meals and we're, we're putting it down really, really fast, there's going to be consequences associated with that. The next thing that we're going to be looking at too is eating when hungry. How often are we actually listening to our body's signals, physical hunger signals, or are we operating and we're eating because of thoughts which then manifest and start to create these feelings of, oh, hey, it's around lunchtime, all of a sudden I feel hungry. Whereas what we want to do is come back in tune with what's our body actually telling us? You know, are we getting signals that the tank is empty, we need some fuel, we need some food? And if so, then let's act on that, let's eat if it's appropriate. When we kind of fall into the trap of ignoring that, and we make the decision and we go, well, I'm thinking about those Tim Tams that I you know, had the other night. And now all of a sudden I want more of those things. I want to eat Tim Tams. That's a trap that we can fall into as well. So we want to look at that. How often are we eating when hungry versus how often are we sort of thinking about food and dealing with things like cravings for specific foods and stuff like that. And then the other thing is eating to 80% full. How much are we eating intuitively? So this is a really interesting one because this is often what separates people who kind of make weight loss or, or staying in relatively good shape really easy versus people who find it quite difficult. And it is intuitively how much they're eating. You know, are they eating past a point where they're kind of full and after every meal they're feeling really stuffed and bloated and they're often waking up feeling full in the mornings. If that's the case, chances are we're eating beyond a point which our body is comfortable with and we're having to then deal with the consequences that come with that. Likewise, it can work the other way. So I've, I've worked with clients before who have actually tried, they've been trying to gain weight. So they're trying to put on muscle. They're trying to put on weight. And on closer inspection, when we go through these questions and we sort of ask about how quickly are you eating? Are you eating when physically hungry? Are you eating to 80% full? Nine times out of 10, these, these clients are actually stopping well before they get full, okay? They very rarely have ever felt physically full, okay? And as weird as that might sound, that is what it looks like from the other side. And they're struggling with that because what is comfortable to them is keeping them in the same situation. Likewise, if we're overeating, that's comfortable to us. We're used to feeling quite full, even though it's it's physically uncomfortable. 
we don't know what it feels like to then change that. And that's what we kind of work on. So that's why basic, basic eating habits, how we're eating the food is super important and it makes a huge difference to how we achieve those goals. The next thing that we kind of look at is the food choice level up. So this is where we bring into the equation what someone is eating and how we can actually make changes to that to help them get to their goal easier, but also help them feel better too. Because at the end of the day, we want to feel good from eating that food. We don't want to be eating food that makes us feel terrible, that makes us feel sluggish, that makes us feel tired, because it just it, it doesn't help us in any way. So what we kind of do here is how can they improve what they're already doing by a small amount? The worst thing that you can try and do is overhaul everything in one fell swoop because what's going to happen then is it's too much change too quickly and it's very challenging when we're trying to then do something completely different. We're having to use parts of our brain that possibly haven't been fired up much and that are so used to doing things another way that this is so much of a stressor to us that we often get a lot of resistance to it. So. This looks like the person who's just started a challenge. They've been given a meal plan and it's basically just eating, you know, chicken, broccoli and, and vegetables three or four times a day. So they go home, they throw out everything in the fridge, they go to the supermarket, load up on all these fruits and vegetables, load up on all this chicken and other bits of protein. They try to eat all this stuff and they might be okay for one, maybe two, three, if they're really lucky, weeks. And then things start to come undone. The, the wheels start to fall off a little bit. There's limited opportunities to cook all of this food from scratch. So that gets in the way. We've got time constraints. So therefore that convenience food that we might've been eating previously becomes really attractive to us again, because we're under stress from other areas that are now influencing our decisions around what we eat. So we wanna try and avoid doing that. What we wanna try and do instead is what are you doing at the moment what food are you eating? How much are you eating? All of that stuff. We look at all of that and from a place of non-judgment because at the end of the day, like what we said earlier, that's what a lot of people fear is that judgment. They fear, well, what's this person going to think of me if I tell them I'm eating Tim Tams or fish and chips on the weekend? Are they going to judge me for that? And as a nutrition coach, we don't do that with clients. Okay, as a personal trainer, as a nutrition coach, that's not my job. I wouldn't be doing my job very well if I was judging people and making fun of them for the food that they're eating. And at the end of the day too, like I still enjoy eating, you know, fish and chips, things here and there. I, I, I still enjoy that. I, I like to include those things because I like eating them. We can also do that in moderation. So the, the little saying that I have that I've kind of taught to a lot of clients is inclusion before exclusion. What can you add into your diet to start making you feel better, to start functioning better before you think about anything being taken away from what you're eating? So before you think about, oh, I've got to cut out all sugar or bread, those drastic measures, what kind of things could we be adding in? Are we eating enough vegetables? Can we add some more in? And start with one. It's really easy to think, oh, I should be eating vegetables with every meal. Try to go out to the shops, buy the big bag of mixed lettuce and try to eat that with every meal and then quickly find that that's, that's really not working. How can we start with one vegetable at dinner? One meal, one vegetable, how can we try and include that into tonight's dinner, tomorrow night's dinner, the day after that, 
And then once we can do that for a while and we can do that consistently, and we've kind of found something that works for us, then how can we do that with another meal? And how can we then do it with another one? And, and we start to work in, in small steps like that because that's how you actually change behavior long-term. That's where we avoid that pendulum effect of we change everything overnight and then a couple of weeks later that pendulum swings the other way and we go back to what we were doing. That's what we don't want. So the goal overall with food choice level ups, if you think about it on a spectrum, we're trying to move away from processed food towards whole foods. It's never going to be a perfect thing where we're just completely never eating anything processed ever again. But we want to try and just move towards eating whole foods in their raw form as much as possible. So anything, when I'm, when I'm saying raw, doesn't necessarily have to be completely raw. It is unprocessed as much as possible. So for example, like a potato out of the ground is in its raw form. A potato that's been processed might be cut up. A potato that's further processed might be cut up into chips. And then it's processed even further into potato chips and then put into a bag. That's the kind of spectrum of food and how processing works. So we wanna try and move back towards how can we eat the potato again? Can we just cut that up and put that in the oven and have that with our meals? That's gonna be a little bit better over time than something like chips out of a packet that we put in the oven that have got lots of oil, etc. However, we do that in stages. The next thing that we wanna look at beyond that is systems. How can we build up systems around what clients are doing so that they're able to keep doing this stuff, keep doing these new habits? Often one of the complaints is that cl clients just find themselves dropping their healthy habits off. You know, they, they get two weeks into it, three weeks into it, and those habits begin to fade away. They can't keep up with them. How can we avoid that? So this can be simple things like habit stacking. That's where you take a new habit that you're trying to do and you stack it onto something that's already a habit for you. Okay, so to give you a quick example, I've done this quite a lot with uh, language learning. So right now I'm learning German. And one of the things that I've done is my one of my bed routines is I brush my teeth, then I go to get in bed. The first thing I do once I get into bed is go and do two lessons of the language learning before I go to bed. That's a really simple way of getting it in and making sure. I do other training throughout the day. But that's another way where I've just built up a habit of continually doing language lessons, two of those lessons before I go to sleep. So habit stacking can be with anything. You can tie it onto the back end of brushing your teeth in the morning, getting in the car, going to and from work. So parking the car, walking, or walking from the train to um, where you work, etc. There's There's many, many things that you do throughout the day that could be stacked with other things to help you implement these more. Other ways could be like planning ahead. So using something like a calendar system, uh, that's a really, really good idea. And it's something that I've shared with a lot of clients is setting yourself up on the right foot using a calendar system that's set up properly, kind of like as an assistant for you. So it's helping you organize your day so that it's not all stuck in your head and you're having to try and remember things and getting really overwhelmed and stressed out and forgetting things. It's, it's out of there, it's on a calendar. And then we take time to sort of review that, go, all right, what's coming up for the week ahead? How can I plan around things? You know, it never goes perfectly all the time. Maybe you have a week where just things come up 
and they've had to change and that so be it but at least we're planning ahead to to try and organize our time better another way could be delegating tasks to family members such as getting help with cooking okay at dinner time maybe if you've solely been the one cooking dinner maybe try to get other people to help out giving them small tasks to start with not expecting them to just do half of it but you know getting people to to help out as well that can also ease the stress that clients might be feeling around preparing meals or to try and change their nutrition what can they do to sort of help relieve that stress and that overwhelm and it also has to work with what the client's circumstances are so if they're living alone that's obviously not going to work but if they've got family or they've got little young kids that might not work either they might have to just do that themselves so we've got to kind of assess what the situation is what the circumstances are and how can we fit that into what we're doing and so that brings me to how do i actually do this with clients so if a client comes on board with me how do i actually work them through this sort of stuff so we've gone through some of these points that we start with and we we work through but how what does it actually look like so when a client does come on board we start with a self-assessment so it's basically a survey that i send them they go through it and they mark accordingly usually on a scale from one to ten how much they agree with it or they do do this thing and they tick off things like their eating speed how many serves of vegetables so i can get a really good snapshot of where this person's at what the circumstances are like what habits are already ingrained what habits might be lacking behind that we can work on because everyone's a little bit different as we said at the start it's no use just giving a one-size-fits-all because that doesn't really work for everyone so we've got to kind of figure out where the person is starting from so these are really targeted questions to help get an idea of what's happening so from there we create a plan to what to focus on next okay so this will usually look like what are the lowest hanging fruit so what are some things that if we changed will make a big difference and then what are some more complex things that we can work on to modify their habits and behaviors you know they might not be really easy things to start with but they're things that will make a difference over time and then this gets broken down further into small actions that that client can take each day to help build new skills and develop lasting habits and then this is all put together in a report that i create for the client so that they can refer back to it and what those action steps are when they need to it makes it really easy for them to have an understanding we go through this together and then from there with their report they can always refer back to it or ask for further help so they're never kind of just completely left in the dark and not knowing what to do or, or trying to rack their brain going well what was it that Aaron said to do they've got some details about how to go about doing that so that in a nutshell is what I focus on with clients when they come on board and we work on improving their nutrition and then what it actually looks like from the client perspective what are the steps that they go through from start to finish and how do we actually start to work on that stuff if you're in a position where you are looking for some help with some nutrition and with your training kind of putting a plan together and how to execute on that plan i'm actually taking on clients right now who are wanting to work on that stuff if you're in the area of blackburn north in melbourne australia i am actually taking on in-person clients as well so i'll leave a link in the show notes of this episode showing you how you can do that what the next steps are and what it kind of looks like so hopefully you got some value out of 
this episode, you kind of got an idea about what the sort of things that we work on. And it may have even given you some ideas of what to consider with your own nutrition. Where are some things that you can take a look at and just sort of self-reflect on that and try to make some changes of your own. Thanks so much for listening as always, and I will see you next time.